That was none other than Magic Dick and the Jack House Band, uh, Richard Solwitz on the harmonica. Amazing. Amazing harmonica player. We yes. have, this is Bounce. the Andy Amanda Show. Uh, Amanda's not with us today. She's got some obligations she had to attend to. So it's Andy Kimball here, along with our show coordinator. Um, what's his name again? Um, yeah, Cornell Ross Butler. Thing. Ross. Yeah, oh yeah, Cornell <laughs> Butler. That's my name. Cornell Butler. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's me, guys. I'm back. <laughs> uh, so Monday. yeah, we're we're back. This is the Monday show, the Andy Amanda program brought to you live. We are the uniquely the only show that would normally connect the UK, excuse me, I'm just having a piece of key lime pie here as I'm you know, speaking. Mm mm mm. Sounds good. It is good. Uh we normally connect the uh United Kingdom with the United States live for one hour talk show three days a week and we talk about everything. There's stuff that we don't we don't we don't cover on the show. Uh any subject matter is good. And um, most importantly, what's on your mind, call us at five one five six oh five nine eight 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 and join the program. You're welcome to. And Cornell, as I said, um as we were talking earlier, um yes. we have a special guest coming on the show in about uh, twenty five minutes, who is he was a former director of NBC Network News. He's been on our show before. And prior to that, he was a field reporter for CBS Radio, WCAU, out of Philadelphia. And he had the opportunity to uh, interview and have a discussion with the late Jimmy Hoffa, James Hoffa. And so much has been written and yeah. produced, filmed, television, everything about Jimmy Hoffa. He was the teamster boss back then. And what this interview is, uh, a lot of people, a lot of workers, a lot of union uh, workers – or a significant number, uh, a number to justify the forming of a parallel union out of the control of James Hoffa um, was being discussed and launched back then. And evidently, uh, James Hoffa uh, had three of his union people, his henchmen, what I'm going to call them, beat up on three of these um, rival union, or no, no, excuse me, three of, of Hoffa, I got this wrong, three of Hoffa's guys, three teamsters, beat up on a... Um, rival union uh, person who's going to had something to do with the launching of this rival union back then. And what makes it so unique is we have a live recording of a James, James Hoffa interview on our show, on the Andy Manor show. It was done in 1962, and now we're uniquely wow. presenting this to you exclusively on the Andy Manor show. So it's kind of cool. I don't know how many of our listeners um, remember the movie uh, The Irishman with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci and, and you know, all about Hoffa and, and Pacino was amazing. And you informed me earlier, I forgot that Jack Nicholson was also um, on the show. And um, Justine was in the show? Oh, yeah. did you see it? Oh, Justine, who, you know, she uh, comes on our show. Justine just signaled to me that uh, she also saw The Irishman. Um, cool. Uh, what about yeah. That movie was yeah. awesome. So we're going to talk about that uh, when uh, Robert Kimmel, Bob Kimmel, joins our program. And it's cool also because he's a radio guy. You know, he, his career went on beyond uh, NBC. Um, and uh, he's got an incredible foundation in, in radio, obviously, with that, with that you know, those, with those positions he's held. Um, and last time he was on our show, which was, oh, God, I want to think almost a year ago. I don't have to look back. But um, – he was very complimentary to what we are doing on the show and what we are presenting and how we present it. And, uh, yeah. and, uh, you know, it meant, it meant a lot coming from him, somebody with his background, you know, former director of NBC radio, you know, network radio news, you know, and, and beyond, you know? Um, so it's kind of cool. So, uh, anyway, Cornell, how was your weekend? Oh man, my, my weekend is, was very nice, man. Very, very hot. But it was very nice, man. I, you know, I, I chilled out and, you know, drank a few beers, you know, some martinis and ate some great food. But it was cool. It was it was awesome, man. It was very awesome. You know, how was yours, Andy? Mm. I had a great time. Uh, Saturday, I don't know what I did Saturday. I don't remember. But Saturday evening, I was up in Pasadena, which is near my house, and just hung out on Colorado Boulevard, which was kind of like the main Drag, they call it Old Town Pasadena. Some people refer to it as Mini Manhattan. It has that Lower East Side vibe to it. Um, and I stumbled upon um, an area called One Colorado. It's a lot of like a big square with lights and you know off the main drag. And they have a concert series there that I didn't know about. And I found this incredible band 
that was just there. It's free series, you know, and a local band. Um, and uh, I got some video clips and pictures. I should put them on our show, but they were great. And what I was just yeah. having such a great time, just on my own, hanging out in Pasadena. What a, what a cool town. Then yesterday, Man, I was down in... It, it I'm sorry? It me of the Philadelphia Old City. You know, in Philadelphia Old City. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. nice. Pleasant. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah r- real nice. And then yesterday, I was down in Venice Beach. A lot of people may know of Venice Beach. It's a ton of tourists down there, and also locals and so forth, but uh, something's never changed, and, and Venice has remained the same since the 60s, I swear, um, but I had a great uh, great time down there hanging out and took some great beach pictures and also oh, a lot of big sailboats out there yesterday, which is cool. Maybe there's some kind of regatta. I don't know, but anyway, um, also went to a place called the Venice Ale House right on the main walkway on Venice Beach. Folks, if you haven't been there, if you've been to Venice Beach, if you're local, if you're going to visit Southern California, of course, you're probably going to if you're a tourist, you probably want to experience Venice. Um, the place is called the Venice Ale House, and it's uh, right up, you know, patio right on the walkway, and really, really yeah. good food, some great beers, and uh, hung out there for a while. And uh, and kudos out to the Venice Ale House, great, great establishment in Venice Beach, California. You got to check that out. So we should uh, talk to them about coming on our show, you know. Yes, yes, definitely. And I think yeah. we need two to visit you guys, man, because the pictures that you sent me, man. They was beautiful, oh. and I was like, I gotta get over there. Yeah, yeah, you certainly do. You certainly do. Hey, you know, um, also what I've been looking at is um, uh, what in the news that is, you know, is looking back over the the hearings. What have they uncovered thus far? Where are we going? Will Merrick Garland indict the former president? And it's obvious that he's committed crimes. If he doesn't get indicted, I'd be, I said I was going to get my boat and sail away. I don't have a boat. I have to go get it and sail away. (laughs) But um, anyway, um, I have, um, you know, from time to time we get, we get uh, voicemails, callers, and we also get a TikTok and just kind of see what, what are people saying? What are people thinking? What are, what are on, folks' minds. And of course, we invite you to call the show directly, which some people do and leave messages or, or, and emails. Um, but our live number to get on the show is 515-605-9888. You can also email us at andyandamandashow at gmail.com. And we miss Amanda, of course, on today's show. But what I thought I might yeah, want miss- to do... Oh, yeah, man. We you know, you. You know, yeah, we do. Uh, my, uh, you know, my internet wife, you know what I mean? Life couldn't be better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Definitely. And she's not here today, so uh, I know. Don't I know. Worry. I know. Don't yeah. worry, bro. I'm your yeah. internet brother. Yeah, you are brother here. You know, so even on the even off the line, we are brothers. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, the question has always come to you. It's been presented, of course. Uh, uh, to attain your epic ass, can you describe your exercise regime? I hire hmm. people. They do a website. It costs me three dollars. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How about you? He tires people. How about you? Yeah. Do you, do you exercise? Do you, do you work out? Do you work out? Well, actually, Andy, yeah, I work out when I uh, pick up my beer and put it in my mouth and drink it. <laughs> oh, that sounds reasonable. You know, that sounds... You know, you know I, I try to work out sometimes, take walks and everything. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, I'm not that type of guy that like to, you know, be all muscle bound and all that. I just want to look mm-hmm. normal, but I keep my health. I try to eat right, you know, drink right, right and have sex mm-hmm. right. No. <laughs> <laughs> the um, I'm going to play for saying I want to play. Um, I want to play a couple of things. Uh, is this voicemail or just off TikTok? I think this is from TikTok. Well, it might be voicemail okay. anyway. Um, I'm going to uh, play a, uh, a, an audio clip here um, that – let me find the right one. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I want to play an audio clip here. Um, oh, God, here's one. Before I do that, before I do that, Matt Gates is a congressman from Florida. Trump, yes. conspiracy theorist, liar. He's accused of, of uh, traffic, sex trafficking. I mean, the guy's got – uh, so much baggage, and how the people of Florida put him in office beats me. But listen to this. I think I told you about this before we went on air, but take a listen to this. 
You ready? You better be sitting down when you hear this. Here we go. For, uh, listeners, listen, all our listeners, sit down. I want you to, when you hear this, this is the voice of Matt Gates at a rally who is an elected congressman. Here we go. Why is it that the women with the least likelihood of getting pregnant are the ones most worried about having abortions? Nobody wants to impregnate you if you look like a thumb. These people are odious on the inside and out. They're like 5'2", 350 pounds, and they're like, give me my abortions or I'll get up and march and protest. And I'm thinking, march? You look like you got ankles weaker than the legal reasoning behind Roe versus Wade. A few of them need to get up and march. They need to get up and march for like an hour a day, swing those arms, get the blood pumping, maybe mix in a salad. That was a question. Matt Gates. Matt Gates. You know what I think we gonna need to do? I think we need to contact yeah. his office. I think we need to call yeah. him. Yeah, let's call him. You, you, you agree? I think we need to call his office. Yeah. We need to talk to him. Yeah. yeah. We're going to try this. 850-479-1183. Let's try it. 850-479-1183. Matt Gates. Let's talk to him about what was we just heard. 850-479-1183. Let's try it. Let's go. Thank you for calling the office of Congressman Matt Gates. We are currently <laughs> unavailable to take your call. Please leave your name and a number where you can be reached, and we will get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you again for calling. Have a great day. Hi, this is Andy from the Andy and Amanda Show. We're live on the radio. I've got our show coordinator, Cornell Butler, with us today. We're Hello. calling you. Uh, hi, Cornell. Say hi. We got Matt Gates' office here on the phone in our voicemail. We wanted to get a response uh, from your office. Matt Gates would even be better. Let's invite Matt on our show. Uh, email Andy and Amanda at gmail.com. Uh, we want to talk to Matt Gates about a, a really disturbing uh, speech he made regarding women who um, are pro choice and what they might look like and uh, so forth. I mean, I, I can't believe that this guy is an elected congressman. This, it's appalling. What's going on in this country that we put somebody like that in office? We want to get Matt Gates on the show, and we'll give him every opportunity to explain what he said. We'd like to have him on. I think he, I think he owes the, the population an explanation for those comments. Uh, again, Andy and Amanda Show at gmail.com. We are on the radio right now. We, we'd love to have Matt Gates on our show. Just appalling to me, but I'll leave my opinions quiet. If he comes on, let him speak, and, and we give him every opportunity. Just want to see what he has to say about us and if he feels okay about it, especially with his... Uh, Anyway, I'm not going to go on to it, but, but please uh, email our show, andydemandershow at gmail.com. Let us know if Matt Gates can come on our show. Believe me, we do not bite. Thank you very much. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Okay. You there? All right. I'm, How was it? How did I do? You did great. I'm <laughs> glad that you realized that you was on the air, so I was like, <laughs> Andy. <laughs> we got to be good. <laughs> when do you get on the show? That's what we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, moving along. Anyway, let's get. We're going to call. Up, we're going to ringy ding uh, uh, Bob Kimmel up, our special guest, in just a few minutes. But before we do that, uh, I want to play this. Um, I want to play another voice message or TikTok message here. I think, as a case, might be on this recording um, regarding. Trump's been guilty of criminal malice of what the what the uh, the congressional panel heard. This is recorded the day of the uh, final summer hearing. It will continue in September. This is the uh, last one of the summer. Take a listen to to what the former president of the United States is probably guilty in a criminal matter of. Just take a listen. Tell me if you agree. And uh, and if you disagree or agree, five one five six zero five nine eight eight eight. Let us know. My friends, the key to tonight's hearing is found in criminal law, especially in three elements of the most serious criminal violations, knowledge, intent, and malice. Now, the committee has already confirmed that Trump knew he lost the election. They've also confirmed that he intended to stop the transition of power to Joe Biden. Tonight, the committee provided evidence of Donald Trump's malice 
His deliberate intent to stop or delay the electoral count with a violent attack on the Capitol that endangered the lives of many people in order to remain in power. Now, evidence of Trump's malice came in 10 particular pieces. Number one, Trump was aware that armed rioters were in the Capitol. He spent hours in the dining room next to the Oval Office watching Fox News coverage of the attack. Number two, Trump refused to take action. President Trump did not fail to act during the 187 minutes between leaving the ellipse and telling the mob to go home. He chose not to act. Number three, he could easily have done so. He was a 60-second walk away from the White House press room. If the president had wanted to make a statement um, and address the American people, he could have been on camera almost instantly. Hey, the commander-in-chief. You got an assault going on on the capital of the United States of America. Nothing. No call. Nothing. Zero. Number four, he chose to provoke the rioters instead. When the riot was underway, his first tweet was, quote, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country. Number five, then Trump said the minimum to the rioters. Eventually, he sent out two tweets urging his supporters to remain peaceful with no violence, but neither of these were adequate. In fact, rather than call the rioters off, Trump indicated they were doing the right thing. When House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy urged Trump to take action, Trump responded, Well, Kevin, I guess they're just more upset about the election uh, theft than you are. Number seven, in his final video statement to the rioters, I know you're pain. I know you're hurt. We had an election that was stolen from us. He complimented them. He went to the Rose Garden and said, quote, We love you. You're very special. Number eight, he showed no remorse. At six o'clock, he tweeted, These are the things that happen when a victory is stripped away from great patriots. Remember the day forever. Go home with love. And number nine, even after the 2020 election was certified, he refused to say the election was over. Congress has certified the results. I don't want to say the election's over. I just want to say Congress has certified the results without saying the election's over, okay? Trump has never accepted any responsibility for the attack and never acknowledged the deaths of law enforcement officers. Why? Because he did not, does not want to be faulted or imply any criticism of the rioters, of his supporters. And 10, Trump's entire violent plot was premeditated. The Democrats, more of our people vote early that count. Theirs vote in mail. And so they're gonna have a natural disadvantage and Trump's gonna take advantage of it. That's our strategy. He's gonna turn himself a winner. So when you wake up Wednesday morning, it's gonna be a firestorm. You just take a look at all of these states that we've won tonight. And then you take a look at the kind of margins that we've won them by. We were getting ready to win this election. Frankly, we did win this election. These 10 revelations clearly established Trump's malice. He not only violated his oath of office, he also is a criminal. What do you think? Mm-mm-mm. It was awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. It laid it out very clearly. I mean, I could have said the same thing. I would have said the same thing, but this was so much easier to do. Um, and if, if he is not criminally indicted, I mean, it goes beyond that. There's so much more, you know. I mean, I just can't believe that people would actually consider him for to be president of the United States again. Oh, it's beyond me. We're going to hear one more. Um, this is regarding um, Trump's lies, continuing to push the conspiracy theory. And I don't want to beat this to death. We've beat it enough. We've talked Trump about it lies? enough. It's it's just I hey, want to get this. Trump be lying? No. no, he's not a liar. No, oh. no, he, he's a successful businessman. Guys, he knows more about the generals over in the Middle East than the field generals. He knows more about the, yeah. the enemy activities in the Middle East than the generals do. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Before they was born. He knows more about uh, immigration. He knows more about he knows more about everything than everybody does. There's there's nothing that he that anybody knows that he doesn't know more about. Nothing. Mm-hmm. He, he, like, you know what? I, I heard that he know how to make a Tesla without you know using tools. Yeah, I heard that. Too. I heard that too. Mm-hmm. He knows more about building cars than Elon Musk. Hey, listen, let's listen to this. Here we go. 
you know when you're walking into a building behind somebody and they're pretty far ahead, like 20, 25 feet, and they really should just go in, but they hold the door open for you anyway, so you got to do this really weird little walk-run to get there a little faster? Well, if that had a baby with the Scott's Tots episode of The Office, it still wouldn't be as cringy as people still now saying that the election was stolen in 2020. I am kind of morbidly curious, though. At this point, is it as simple as you've just doubled down and tripled down and quadrupled down so many times and made it so much of a part of your identity and formed a community around these beliefs that you just can't see the way back? Or do you genuinely think that now Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell and Mike Lindell and all these people are actually going to be able to substantiate their claims about the stolen election and present evidence that they failed to present for nearly a year and a half since Joe Biden's inauguration? You do realize they've never actually presented evidence, right? Not that it matters in the grand scheme of things. Republican lawmakers across the country were still able to treat these conspiracy theories as actionable, despite the fact that they take about 20 seconds on Google to debunk and create a new legislation restricting voting rights as a result. But the same pattern is played out hundreds of times. These people are all loud and confident and boisterous until you get them in a courtroom under oath where the truth actually matters. I think Cindy Powell has to be my favorite. Remember her? The one that said she was going to release the Kraken and blow this thing wide open and everyone in Washington besides President Trump was going to jail? What do you think happened when she was sued for defamation? Did she get out of it by presenting that evidence and saying, look, it wasn't defamation, it was the truth, here's the proof? Nope, she used the Tucker Carlson defense. Ex-Trump attorney Sidney Powell's weeks-long campaign to invalidate the results of the 2020 election was not based in fact, her lawyer said Monday. No reasonable person would conclude that the statements were truly statements of fact, Powell's attorney said in a court filing defending her against a billion-dollar defamation lawsuit from Dominion Voting Systems. Yep, it couldn't have been defamation because what I said was so crazy and unfounded that it should have been clear to anybody that heard it. And if you believed it, even if you were the President of the United States, that's on you. So don't be shy. Please tell me, how do you think this is going to happen? Walk me through how now, at this point, it's going to suddenly be proven beyond reasonable doubt that the election was stolen and Joe Biden's going to be removed as President. Be specific. And I don't think anybody can be specific. Spit it out specific. You know, they can't. They've tried. They can't. Anyway, enough of that. As I said, I don't want to keep pounding this and pounding this and pounding. We've done it on the show so many times. But I'm just, the only reason I keep bringing it up here and there is just to bring our listeners' reaction to the conversation. Email the show, Andy and the Man Your Show at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Uh, or call the show, 515-605-9888. And what we're going to do now, Cornell, is we're going to move the show right along here. And as we spoke of earlier, we have a very special guest joining the show again for the second time. Um, Okay. Bob Robert Kimmel, who is the former director of radio news, NBC News in New York, and uh, prior to that was with CBS Radio in Philadelphia, and we're going to push a button yes. here and get Bob to join the show. Hello, are you with us? Hello, do you hear me? Yeah, here we go. Yes. There you're on. How are you doing? Yes. Yes. Andy, loud and clear. how are you Do you hear me? Yes, loud and clear. Yes. Loud yes. and clear. You, okay, you very okay? good. Yeah. Doing good fine, thank you. Uh uh, you got me on the line here. We've got Cornell, who is the show coordinator. Amanda, unfortunately, couldn't make the show today over in the U.K. She's got some other obligations. But we're here and proceeding with the show accordingly. Uh, we, we do miss her, yes. but we're, we're, move, we're moving ahead. Yes. Good. So we were talking earlier, uh, uh, earlier in the show, you're going to come on, and we were talking about um, James Hoffa, Jimmy Hoffa, the former uh, Teamsters union that nobody knows what exactly what happened to him way back when, a lot of speculation and so forth. And you had uh, a very unique opportunity to sit down and have a face-to-face -face interview, a discussion with him, of which you happen to have a recording of. I, I did. This was 60 years ago, uh, as a matter of fact. The FBI, has, uh, just at the end of last week, announced it had, had given up a long search in a Jersey City, New Jersey landfill for Jimmy Hoffa's remains, a former old really? uh, mob-connected mob mm -hmm. guy claimed that Hoffa was buried there in one of mm -hmm. a number of places where he allegedly was right. exposed of, but no success, of course. James R. Hoffa took over the presidency of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters in uh, 1957. They were truck drivers and warehouse men and such, made up his mm -hmm. membership. It became mm -hmm. the largest union in the U.S. with his leadership at that time. And by the way, the R... His middle initial stands for, rather appropriately, Riddle. And it's <laughs> been a riddle for about 47 years as to what happened to him when he disappeared in 1975. Mm -hmm. 
you know, Hoffa mm-hmm. had been associated with organized crime during his early years in the Teamsters. And in two different trials in 1964, he was convicted of jury tampering, attempted bribery, conspiracy, mail and wire fraud for improper use of the uh, union pension fund. And then he ended up in jail, you know, in 1967, but was released in 1971 under a commutation deal with President Nixon. And uh, despite being barred at the time, he made attempts to get back into the Teamsters leadership, but was opposed by alleged mob-connected members. And, of course, he disappeared on July 30th, 1975. And the rumors Mm, and unverified reports were that he was murdered by the mafia. But uh, getting back to my interview with him in 1962, I was then with the Philadelphia station, as you mentioned, it was then a CBS station. And I was invited to lunch with him and to interview him at Teamsters Union headquarters in, in Philadelphia. At the time, uh, it was a good-sized group of union members had been organizing into a group called The Voice, trying to break away from the Teamsters because of all the allegations made against the union. And, and one leader of The Voice group was Charles Myers. And there had been fights, one in front of union headquarters, where some members were injured, several hospitalized. My, my interview with him and the report was soon made after that. Here it is from 60 years ago. Three men have been held in bail for a further hearing on charges of having beaten voice official Eugene Maui Sunday evening. The same three were allegedly the victims of voice members Sunday. But Teamster boss James Hoffa claims the three held today have no connections with the Teamsters. I'm not responsible for what people do in the street who are not members of the Teamsters Union. But certainly Charlie Myers is responsible for what Charlie Myers did. I tried to mind under a thousand dollar bond for an aggravated assault. The three people who they're accusing are not even members of the Teamsters Union. And so Kirshner and Myers can't duck the issue. They created the violence. They're part of it. Myers is in, involved now in litigation. You say that these three men who were uh, beaten are not members That's of the Teamsters right. Union? They are not. James Hoffa, who says the drivers have absolutely no connections with his local 107. However, this reporter answered a phone at their hospital bedside at today's hearing. The call was from local 107, and a secretary at the local's headquarters asked that one of the men, Joseph Smith, call Teamsters headquarters as soon as possible. Bob Kimmel reporting. Well, that, that mm. was it. Um, <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. So uh, I, I confront. Well, I, I didn't confront him at the time, but uh, he, he obviously said one thing. And then when I went up to the uh, hospital room where these three guys were, they, that phone call came in from the union to have one of them talk to the folks at the union. So obviously uh, there was some connection. And and by the way, in addition to what I reported during the lunch with Hoff, he really ranted against Bobby Kennedy who had uh, worked with a number of Senate committees to investigate Hoffa. And, uh, and of course, uh, Bobby Kennedy did the same thing when he was appointed Attorney General. Kennedy and Hoffa were real enemies. That's the way it was those Jeez. years back then. <laughs> My God, what it Can works. I ask you a question, Can I ask you a question Mr. Mr. Bob? Yes. It has something that ancient. Are you, were you kind of scared to have something like that because nobody, like, you know, wanted to tamper with that type of stuff? Um, at the time, I really hadn't thought too much about that. I wanted to get the story as I reported it out, and that's what I did. And, no, I, I, I thought about it afterwards and said to myself, hmm, I'm confronting, <laughs> I'm, I'm calling Hava something other than what he would like to be called, I'm afraid. And uh, I don't know what you know may happen, but then again, I wasn't terribly concerned about it. Mm. Okay. Well, what, and we and we don't know exactly what happened to James Hoffa, do we? I mean, there's been a lot of speculation. A lot of people said no. There was a, it, it, he was uh, he was trying to get back into union leadership, and there were elements uh, in the union then, of course, that didn't want that to happen. Presumably, the, the, the uh, Teamsters Union back in those days had some kind of, uh, you know, unusual affiliations, so to speak. And um, there was a discussion that one of the Teamsters folks in uh, Jersey, New Jersey, um, was who had connected with some mob connections, 
may have been involved in arranging some something with Alpha, but yeah. um, it, it, it never really, uh, there was never any detailed report on anything in regard to what exactly mm. happened to him. I'm surprised that even, you know, looking, you know, back in the, was it 1975 and, you know, fast forward to, to more recent times where, where somebody who was maybe perhaps, you know, experiencing the last phase of the life or whatever it might be, didn't come out and say, "Hey, here I was involved in that. Here's what happened," and and you know. Well, they, there has been some. Uh, I, I think there have been a, a few allegations made by some of these uh, unworthy characters, so to speak, but nothing mm-hmm. has ever been verified. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. just yeah. word of mouth allegations, rumors, and such. Yeah. But nothing, mm. nothing was ever. They never found his body. They, they, mm. no one could figure out exactly how he may have been done away with, and so on. Mm. So the riddle remains. <laughs> wow. Well, th- thank you wow. for that. What, what, what insight? I mean, what was so you had you interviewed Hoffa. You had lunch with him uh, outside. I had of lunch with him. Yeah, what was that like? What, what was he like outside of the interview? Yeah. To be in his presence, what was that lunch? Well, like? he was he was very adamant in, in the in, in what he had to say in regard to mm-hmm. uh, investigations against him, obviously. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't I don't remember every little uh, move yeah, right. or uh, action mm-hmm. or what he said at the time, but he was uh, mm-hmm. he, he he seemed to be very adamant about what he said. And of course, as I mentioned, he, one of the aspects of at the lunch was his ranting against uh, Bobby Kennedy and he didn't do this and he did, you know, they were set up and so on and so forth. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, he, he was not at all reticent to express his uh, feelings and attitude <laughs> about mm. the folks at that point. You know, it, uh, I, I, f- I almost forgot about this, but my first airline job was a pilot, a uh, regional airline. Uh, the, the pilots were uh, teamsters. I was a teamster. And and I'll never forget when I went to, you know, you go get hired and you go to class and, you know, during orientation from HR, uh, they give you paperwork and you went down. I was in Columbus, Ohio, and you go down to the Teamsters local hall and you sign up and blah, blah, blah. And I couldn't believe it. I'm a professional pilot. I'm joining the Teamsters. And I remember, and I, you know, what the heck, you know, I'm a pilot. I don't know anything about the union or Teamsters or anything else. So I just remember going up to the window when it was my turn to fill out whatever paperwork I had to. I asked if there was any place I could go at March or protest. And he said, hey, you know, what can I, you know, I'll go March, you know, teams. Are, and, and it's funny yeah. because part of, the pa- part of the paperwork was that you were, uh, as a fellow, as a brother, even though I was an airline pilot, and, you know, there were some regional airlines that did belong to Teamsters. That's the way it was before the Airline Pilots Association stepped in back then. You were supposed to support your fellow Teamsters. So, in other words, if you were if the trucking company, whatever, on strike, you're supposed to march with them and give them support as an airline pilot. Uh-huh. Like, I, uh, I had no idea that uh, pilots were part of the Teamsters, actually. I was not, <laughs> yeah. not aware of that. I, I couldn't believe it myself, except when I saw my paycheck and saw the deduction. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, woo. All right, all right, but uh, yeah, eventually the uh, the airline pilots association stepped in. But for some of the the smaller regionals that I was first hired by back way back then, um, you know, small you know companies with a hundred or less pilots um, at that time were um, quite a few of them were, were were Teamsters members. I don't know why or how or what the deal was, but uh, that was interesting. And then it, ultimately the airline pilots association stepped in, and that's where most of them are. There are there are a couple of them. There are a few still regional and local uh, commuter or regional airline teamsters uh, members. The pilots are They're, they do, uh-huh. they still do exist. Yeah, they still do exist. Yeah. Anyway, that was interesting. But what an interesting I'm story, sorry. Robin. Thank thank you so much for yeah. uh, for for playing that that clip. It's wow. My it's pleasure. Intense. Thank you. Happy yeah. Time. Yes. And, and how's everything else going? How are you? How are you doing? I know this is uh, you were on the show previously. We enjoy having you on, and some of the stories you told about. Uh, I mean, we talked about the, the the Apollo missions that you were involved in reporting, and Apollo Eleven, and the one that the Apollos that led up to that uh, first landing on the moon, and uh, and other historic events that you were involved in covering as as a director. Oh yeah, Indian well, News. I uh, as yeah. both as a reporter, a writer, and uh, director of Network Radio News at NBC, I I got around presidential trips uh, here and there, and uh, so it was uh, quite an eventful number of decades for me in the uh, journalism business. Yeah, and uh, fabulous. Did a, doc- mm-hmm. did a documentary about 20 years ago, uh, which uh, involved. Uh, Raul Wallenberg, and I did some traveling mm. for that as well. 
mm. uh, and uh, so forth. So it, uh, I, and I'm still involved with a local newspaper here in uh, okay. Westchester County. Wow. Once a newsman, always a newsman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hard to break away. Hard to break away. Hey, hey Mr. Bob, Bob, I have a question for you. What was the what was your favorite place you being a journalist and working CBS? CBS, I'm sorry. The best. Well, I I actually uh, I started out um, after working in Philly for a little while, getting drafted and ending up uh, in American Forces Network, and I was stationed in Germany for a while, and then as a civilian for AFN in Paris, where I actually watched. Winston Churchill getting a medal, liberation medal, from Charles de Gaulle at the Elysee Palace. And I think that must have been, what, in 1958 or so back then yeah. uh, and uh, so forth. So I, I had a lot of uh, interesting adventures, interviewed a, on a, a number of presidential trips when I was with NBC and uh, so forth as well. So. Uh, you know, I, I had a lot of adventures as a journalist. Mm. Uh, wow. The other question, as a journalist, I'm sure you're, you're kind of keeping in touch with, with current events and what's going on politically and so forth. I mean, how could you not, I guess. But uh, given, given right now, from what we know and what you've seen and witnessed, will, will Donald Trump be indicted? What, what's your opinion? What do you think? Well, it's a good question. I think that, uh, you know, the question becomes one now of whether – Stalin will actually uh, move on him, as you the question. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that if I were to make, I think the odds are that he will be indicted. Uh, it, and that, that may not come next week. It may come a few weeks or a month mm-hmm. or so uh, after this. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, opposition to the idea in terms of the, uh, the MAGA people who feel that he's being railroad because of his politics, but the evidence seems to be pointing out that he was very reluctant to do anything about the uh, rioting at the Capitol, and and, and he may have been complicit in getting things going there. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I I, I can say, it's hard to say, but I would bet that there will be uh, an indictment, and then, uh, or at least he'll be, you know, but there'll yeah. be a trial or something. And, yeah. um, of course, there's a situation going on in Georgia now as well where mm-hmm. the uh, state attorney general may be doing some uh, – uh, he's working very hard and, and bringing uh, possibly bringing charges against him. So he's, he's facing a possible dual situation where he faces criminal charges. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, he needed uh, 11,780 votes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what can you do about that? Can you round them up for me? Huh? <laughs> it's on tape. I mean, we have it. We've all heard yeah. it. We played it on the show. <laughs> yeah, I can't what, what believe you it. I, I, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What do, you, what do you think about the new journalists today? Do you think they more, you know, fun or more serious or you know? Well, I. I, I think that when I, during the, my, I would say, mo- most involved time in the, uh, in the 60s and 70s and so forth, there were less uh, outlets, and ABC and NBC, CBS, and I worked for all three of them, actually, at, uh, <laughs> yeah. at one time or another, but um, I think there was more, except, of course, they had the commentators, uh, but there was more of a reluctance to become in any way associated with, you know, seemingly on one side or another of partisanship in terms of politics or whatever. I think there was a very straightforward attempt to give the news directly as as it was, and uh, you you did have the commentators and so forth. But today, you have such a wild range of uh, of political involvement in in the uh, news operations, in some of them, that is. I, I think the networks are pretty well straightforward and so on. You've got the cable networks now as well and so on. So, you know, and then you've got, you've got Fox, and there's no question that where we, we pretty much know where Fox stands, I think. 
And uh, so you didn't see that kind of news coverage and with the Internet and all of the possibilities of people voicing their opinions and doing shows of sorts that are way out in one direction or another, uh, you've got a much more mixed involvement in terms of what people may hear and uh, make it make decisions on, on, on issues, uh, whereas back then it was re- more straightforward, I think, and direct. Now there was always some, you know, partisanship here and there a little yeah. bit, but basically it was not it, it was not as much as it exists today. And, and yes, you've got people my, like. Uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, and you've got. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's interesting because, and honestly, we we've never ever had a uh, somebody's running for president and becoming president such a powerful force in manipulating and manipulating news to coincide with what he said to be true. You know, well, it's, it's, yeah, he, you know, he 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 manipulated fact into fiction, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, and, and, and then he's he, he, he manipulated he fiction. Let's put yeah. it the other way. He he seemingly manipulated fiction to become fact, and yeah. uh, he's got a lot of adherents around the country, uh, and uh, people who believed in him for one reason or another. Uh, that his positions coincided with their attitudes and thinking, uh, or uh, he was able to uh, somehow, uh, you know, have them come into his fold, so to speak. And uh, that's what we have today. Mm. And unfortunately, Republicans love it. We have some yeah. way out groups that are able to uh, get their voices heard and uh, gather up and uh, demonstrate their positions as well and be heard and seen, as I said. Yeah, they, We're uh, going to do very put... well. We've done a great job. Yeah. Yeah. When I was a kid, when I was a kid um, you know, I used to look up to journalists. Journalists, you know, I still do. Um, they, you know, had the education. They had the work, had a good, honest living. Now, you know, today it's like, you know, you get, you get on TikTok or any social media you could be a journalist, and basically you'll you'll get a like great salary just for making fun of journalists. What do you think about that, Bob? I'm sorry, you, you give me that question again, please. Okay, back in the days, you look you see a journalist; they have enormous education, bachelor's degree, master's degree, everything, everything that you know across the board, you know, decent salary. Today's journalists, they could be on TikTok and make millions. What do you think about that? Well, um, you know, it's (laughs) uh, being basically knowledgeable about what journalism is all about and how information should be handled is important. Um, It doesn't take a necessarily a college degree to be able to understand that and to report the news factually in the best you can. Of course, the more education you have, perhaps the better you're able to uh, interpret information and present it in a way that's uh, lucid and understandable by the public, from the, by the public point of view. Uh, and uh, yeah, I well, let's also let's put it this way: in terms of broadcast, uh, in in the form of getting the word out as opposed to getting it out in print. Uh, there were fewer people, and they were presumably associated with, uh, you know, long-time, either long-time journalism, or they were certainly qualified, very, very well qualified for the jobs they had. Uh, today, it's perhaps, as you indicated, a little different. You've got a lot of people that have meandered into that, and you've got people doing shows who have a very, very strong political viewpoint and try to get their – they're not – it's not news – it's propaganda that some of them are are uh, voicing out in yeah. the public. So, you know, uh, and uh, p- political uh, accentuating uh, mis mis facts and and uh, alleged uh, stuff that, that never occurred, yeah. and getting the word out to the public, and the part of the public believes it, it because it either coincides with their basic thinking or because they're uh, easy to <laughs> to fool. <laughs> yeah, it's other. amazing. You look at people like 
um, you know, Sean Hannity, who is a, uh, a dropout and former construction worker who is a multi multi-millionaire and somehow is perceived as this expert on, on, on current affairs. Uh, I mean, everybody's entitled to a, their opinion. And if you could, if you could manifest your opinion to the point of getting a, a spot on a, on a, a national TV network and make yourself mean something and then generate millions of dollars by doing it. Well, hey, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. What the, you know, uh, <laughs> it's, it's well, it I, be... I know personally that mm-hmm. I was, uh, I got involved in high school editor, of my high school newspaper, sports editor, mm-hmm. of my college newspaper, majored mm-hmm. in journalism and so on. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, yeah. I pretty well had a, a good idea what it was all about when I got in it. Yeah. And, and perhaps you're right. Some of the folks that are in it today have their own ideas and concepts as to uh, what constitutes news and how it should yeah. be handled. Yes, and, and they get a big get a million yeah. followers, and they make it. Yeah, now you get what do they call them? Uh, inf- what do they call influencers? In, yeah, you, you get X amount yeah. of followers, yeah. and you suddenly get yeah. these endorsements and branding, and because you're you know you're yeah. on TikTok, you just took it from your home. You're not even employed as a you know, but but somehow yeah. you're on TikTok, and what is it? The other ones, Instagram, and this one, and that TikTok, one, all these social you know, media platforms. Right. Yeah. yeah, and they yeah, they, be, they call them influencers. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens, and. Uh, uh, we'll, if Mr. Trump uh, is able to run again, gosh knows what's going to happen and where the news is going to come from and how it's going to come. <laughs> this this will be interesting, yeah. and that's what we do on this show. We 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 you know um, we follow it. We'll follow it. We talk about it, and we like to engage the, our audience and our, our callers and our folks that email the show at andydemandshow at gmail dot com. And uh, Bob, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you, and we'll definitely stay in touch and look forward to having you back again. What a, what a great, insightful conversation, as always, when you're on the show. And um, and all the best, and thanks for checking in. We really appreciate it and enjoyed uh, well, I, 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 and what my a pleasure, the best. My pleasure, and thank you. All right. We'll be in touch then. Thanks so much. Right on. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Have a great one. Thanks. Wow. That was yeah. fascinating. Mm, yes. Mm, mm. Great dude. Yeah, terrific. What terrific. Happened? Yeah. What I wanted to mention, I forgot, uh, speaking of the news, well, I guess it doesn't, well, we can talk about it now, is um, that a, a, a former major publication, a Rupert Murdoch publication, uh, the New York Post slammed Donald Trump Friday night uh, in a big article saying that he'd be a very unworthwhile candidate to become president of the United States. And that was from a paper wow. that followed Trump, that endorsed Trump. Not only that, but also an article, several uh, uh, op-eds in the Wall Street Journal that they were pleased to publish um, slammed the potential candidacy of Donald Trump and what that would mean for this country. If Donald Trump were to gain the nomination, well, I don't think it's possible. First of all, I think he's going to be indicted, indicted for criminal activity. That would be a first. If he's under indictment and, run, and gets a nomination, that can't happen. that's not going to happen. No way. Anyway, uh, better not. Anyway, better not watch be, my words here. Uh, here here's the thing. If it, it'll be, be it, 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 the rest of the world, the rest of the world, right now we're, we're, you know, we're, because of what we're talking about and the issues and the Roe v. Wade and all the other things that are happening right now in this country, which are walking us backward by, by decades and, and, and centuries, um, you know, rights and gender ID and, you know, what goes on in our bedroom and, and you know, a Supreme Court justice talking about whether they considering the legal use of an IUD as a contraceptive. I mean, it, when you hear these statements, you hear these things, you know, it's taking, taking, you know, look at Roe v. Wade by itself, a right that was granted by the Supreme Court 50 years ago, law overturned, you know, making women's second-class citizens in many ways, that they're no longer responsible for what they do and how they choose to, what they choose to do with their bodies and their, and their reproductive rights is taken away. Um, and, 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 you know, pro-life, you know, I'm going to get into this, first we only have a couple minutes left, but pro-life, everybody is pro-life as opposed to what, pro-death? If, if you say pro-life, then the opposite of that must be pro-choice or not. And everybody's entitled to their opinion. And if we talked about birth control instead of abortion and promoted birth control, maybe there'd be fewer abortions. Attack the problem at the root. That's all I'm saying, folks. It ain't rocket science. Anyway, uh, we're going to continue more about this. Um, also, I wanted to uh, um, mention just real quick, because it's in the news today, is a growing number of Republicans are now openly cheering 
for a competitive primary field in 2024 and encouraging candidates to jump into the race as some of the GOP get increasingly anxious about the idea of Donald Trump becoming their presidential nominee. Oh boy, man, that's something else. And I'm glad to see that. Um, we'll talk about who these candidates might be. We'll, we'll give our, our, our two cents regarding those candidates in upcoming shows. Um, and I want everybody to enjoy the evening, morning, afternoon, wherever it is in the, your corner of the world. Thank you, countries that are listening to this show or the podcast. Uh, our numbers are going way up, and we want to thank everybody for it. We, we have a lot of fun doing what we do. We like to do what we do. A lot's going to be happening with the show in the near future regarding um, real radio broadcasts as opposed to just an internet stream and a podcast. So stay tuned for that, folks. We're excited. We're excited. Yeah. So right. sign up, Amanda. So sign up, you- Amanda. I mean, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're out of here, Cornell. Fun show, eh? We out of here. Definitely. <laughs> so, have a great day. That's all, folks. We'll see you Wednesday. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye now. <laughs>